0: Is coming soon. Yes. Call back the sin. Wake up the same. Let every nation shout of your fame. Jesus Jesus is coming soon. Shout out this truth. justice all will be new your name forever faithful and true jesus is Jesus. It will be. I see. You.
1: Well, good morning, Southview Baptist. How are we? Good welcome, welcome. So glad that you are here. If you're a guest, uh, hello, my name is Brad. I'm the pastor here at Southview. It's so great to have you with us today. Uh, if you are a guest, we'd love to connect with you. And as I say every week, if you're a regular, the best way to do that is through your cell phone. If you are a guest with us, we'd love to know that you are here just so we can pray for you. Best way you can do that is to grab your cell phone right now and text the word connect. To our number, 910-424-1298. Just text connect. It'll send you a link. Tap on that. Fill out a couple of quick questions just so we can know that you are here. And know how to pray for you and minister to you in the best way possible. We would love for you to do that. And for everyone here, we have our big three announcements. We do this every week as well. The big three things we want everyone to know about what's going on here at Southview. First is this, Vacation Bible School. VBS this year is going to be June 7th through the 11th and it is time now to be registering your kids. So you can register your kids for VBS by texting the word VBS to our number 910-424-1298 and let us know who's coming, how many you have. So text VBS to 910-424-1298 to sign your kids up. Second is this, our military ministry is hosting a uh, a day at the shooting range. At the gun range, and so um, it's going to be a lot of fun whether you're a beginner or you are an, a seasoned veteran. This is for everyone. Uh, also, you can bring kids. Kids can come if they have a parent, guardian with them. But it's going to be a fun, fun, fun day, May 22nd, Saturday, May 22nd. We're providing all the ammo, uh, so, but we need you to sign up so we know who is coming, how many to expect. We're going to provide lunch for you, the whole deal. Text RANGE. Range, R-A-N-G-E to 910 to get signed up for that. And then last, baptism. We're going to have a baptism service May 23rd. If you're ready for baptism, you believe by faith in Christ for salvation, you're ready to express that to the world through baptism, you can text the word BAPTISM to our number, 910-424-1298. And for any other announcements, what all is going on, download our app. You can do that through iTunes or Google Play. You're going to be able to give through the app, find announcements through the app, find a journey group through the app, all of that. So download the Southview app to your phone and connect with us via that. Uh, but as we begin worshiping today, I want to share scripture with you. So we're talking about baptism. And as we think about baptism and what that means, I want to read to you Romans chapter 6, verse 4. Romans 6, 4 says, We were buried therefore with him in baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. Uh, baptism is a picture. It's a picture of you. Dying to your old life and rising again to new life in Jesus. If you believe by faith in Jesus Christ, you here today are a brand new person. Jesus Christ has made you new. The old you has died and a brand new you exists today. And what we want today is for us to worship together, sing together as new creatures of Jesus Christ. As you sing today, you sing as someone who has been made new by Jesus Christ. The old you is dead and gone. Jesus has made you new. So I want to encourage you to stand right now with us, everybody stand, and let's pray. And let's start lifting our voices to the Lord, worshiping Him as our great God and Savior who makes us new. Jesus Christ, I thank you for this group of brand new people, people who have been made new in you, Jesus. The old you has been washed away through the cross, and they're brand new now in you. I pray, Lord, that we would see you as the one who makes us new. We would worship you today as the one who makes us new. Thank you, Lord. We love you. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen.
2: Amen. Good morning, church. Let's sing. Behold the Lamb of God that was slain.
0: see him there great i am a crown of thorns upon his head the father's heart displays
2: that you would move in your people's hearts today, that you would cause us to worship, that you would cause us to repent, that you would cause the lost to come to you today, that we would sing to each other, that we would celebrate each other as we celebrate Christ. God, I pray nothing more that you would simply move so that your name might be lifted up. Let's sing.
0: Every other voice is still God wants us to help other kids so we can make a difference. So that people in other countries have exactly all that they need. They need food, water, and medical service, and shelter. We can all show kids the love of Jesus. Sponsor a child and make a difference.
1: Well, today, one of the things that we're wanting to do as we go into a time of prayer here this morning is uh, specifically want to focus in on how we as a body can practically See the gospel go out and physical needs met around the world. And one of the ways that we do that is by partnering with an organization called Compassion International. Uh, And that was that video was about. Um, There are almost 700 million people, 700 million people in the world who are in what's called extreme poverty. They live on less than $1.90 a day. And about two-thirds of that 700 million are kids. Um, And when we think about people walking through that and what we could do to help, this is where Compassionate International steps in. Compassionate International is an organization that seeks to share the gospel uh, in some of the most unreached places in the world and in the process also seek to end poverty. Uh, They do phenomenal work in ministering to kids um, through uh, physical needs. Uh, Also, education, you may not know, but for most of the third world countries, you have to pay to go to school, even for public school. And if you're in extreme poverty as a family, you can't afford to send your kids to school, and so it just sort of perpetuates the cycle and so this is where, again, Compassion International steps in and where you and I get to be a part of that. Did you realize that if you make $20,000 a year, right, if you're in the United States of America and you make 20 grand a year, you are in the top 10% of wealthiest people on earth? If you make 20 grand, you are in the top 10% of wealthiest people on the planet. God has gifted our nation. God has gifted the church of Jesus Christ here in our nation. God has gifted our church, specifically the Southview Baptist Church. Uh, He has blessed us. Uh, He has blessed many of you financially. He has blessed us as a church financially. And it is imperative that we don't let those blessings just collapse in on ourselves, but we use it as opportunities to bless the world. Seeing the gospel go out, the kingdom advance, needs get met, people blessed and ministered to in the name of Jesus Christ. And again, this is where Compassion International comes in. As we finish the service here later on. As you walk out either door, you're going to find some tables with some information about Compassion International. How it works is that you sponsor a child, um, and then once a month you send some uh, you send uh, your money in to sponsor that child, and that money goes straight there. Uh, Compassion International, very highly thought of as far as. Um, how they use their money and what that money is used for, uh, high integrity leadership there. So we encourage you to work with them. And, and uh, we have many people in our church who sponsor children through Compassion International. And we would love for you to consider that as well. Uh, look at the scripture, Proverbs nineteen seventeen says, Whoever is generous to the poor lends to the Lord, and he will repay him for his deed. When you care for those who are needy, when you care for the poor, this is a part of the Christian faith, caring for those in need. And when you're doing that, you're ultimately giving to the Lord, not just to the individual. This is what Jesus said uh, in the gospel is that when you gave to someone in need, you were really giving to him. And that's exactly what we're calling you to today. Be prayerful about this. Go uh, ask questions. Look at the information, how you could be a part of this in caring for these kids and helping see the gospel advance to the ends of the earth. Can we just bow our heads just for a minute? I want to take a minute and I want us to pray. And I want us to pray specifically for this. I want to pray two things. I want us to pray first for these kids. I want us to pray that God would... um, Send the resources that God would accomplish what he wants to accomplish there. God would do what he wants to accomplish uh, there. That um, kids will come to faith in him. Their parents will come to faith in him. And that by God's grace, the poor will be taken care of and be lifted out of this extreme poverty. And then second, we want to pray for us. We want to pray that God lights in us a fire to help the neediest on earth to see the gospel go out in their needs met so, Jesus, that's exactly what we do right now. I pray, Lord, for these kids. I pray, God, specifically for the kids that are represented on the tables um, here today. I pray, God, for them. I ask you, Lord, that you would, by your grace, touch their hearts. Um, We don't know them personally. We don't know the situations that they're in. We don't know their family circumstances. But, God, we pray, God, for them you know. You know exactly where they are, what their needs are, what their spiritual state is, what the spiritual state is of their parents, their family. You know. So we ask you, God, that you would would raise them up in you, Jesus, that you would bring who you need to bring, missionaries, that you would bring other Christians, that you would bring people to come in and share the good news of Jesus Christ, that they will be made new in you, Jesus. Exactly what we were talking about earlier in Romans. They will be made new. And I pray, God, for us. I pray, God, that you would light a fire in us. Let us see and understand that, Jesus, when you said that you help the needy, when you help the prisoner, when you help the orphan, we are truly doing this unto you. That Proverbs 19, 17 is true, that when we give to the needy, when we're generous to the poor, we ultimately are giving to you, and you will repay. You will return a double blessing on us, your people. So I ask you, God, that you would burden us, stir up in our hearts in this room right now, a desire to be a part of that and to see you be glorified in this, Lord. We ask you for this and we trust you for it. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right. So, well, again, you can head out on your way out and check out that information. I know that uh, you'll be blessed by it. If you've got a Bible, let's find Acts chapter 8 together, all right? Acts 8. So, last week we saw this idea that um, ordinary people do extraordinary things for the glory of God. And that's exactly what our theme is going to continue to be today. Ordinary people like you and I doing extraordinary things all for the glory of God. Last week we saw Stephen, his life and death and how God used him to propel the gospel. And today we're going to meet another guy. Another guy named Philip, and we're going to see how God uses him to do the exact same thing. And, again, what we're, as we go through the Acts, what we're doing is this. We're seeing, yes, what happened to them, but we're also seeing what does this mean for us. And what I want you to see as we walk through Acts chapter 8 is God was using an ordinary man like Philip to do phenomenal things for the glory of God. And, brothers and sisters, here's what needs to be placed in our hearts as well. God is desiring to use you and I. God is desiring to use you to do phenomenal things for the glory of God here in our community where we live and around the world. God is seeking to use us. All right, so let's jump in. Acts chapter 8, and let's start in verse 1, okay? So this is where it begins. We saw the end of chapter 7, Stephen was stoned. He was killed. He's dead. We pick that story back up in chapter 8, verse 1. And Saul men that we're going to see a lot more in the rest of the book of Acts, approved of his execution. And there arose on that day a great persecution against the church in Jerusalem, and they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. Devout men buried Stephen and made great lamentation over him, but Saul Was ravaging the church and entering house after house. He dragged off men and women and committed them to prison. Now, those who were scattered went about preaching. The word all right so the death of stephen causes saul to almost be like blood in the water for a shark he gets a little bit of this and he likes it he approved in verse one this execution and he says uh, later in verse three that he went about ravaging the church it's really interesting what you see with saul is in acts chapter eight he's trying to kill the church yeah, he hates christians and in acts chapter nine he becomes a christian So we're going to see that next week. And here's the interesting thing. What is happening between chapter 8 and chapter 9? We'll chat about that a little bit more next week. But I think an interesting little side point to kind of get is this. Saul is right there seeing Stephen. Supernaturally trust Jesus in the midst of horrific torture and death, being stoned to death. And what I think you see is this, I I really believe, the scriptures don't say this, but I I, I think this is what's happening, and and, and a lot of Bible teachers would um, say the same thing, and that as Saul is seeing Stephen respond like this, God is already beginning to work in Saul's heart, right? He's seeing something here isn't of this world, something here is supernatural, and something's beginning to stir in Saul's heart, but here's what happens. Instead of Saul immediately saying, this has to be real, Jesus really is the Messiah, and I'm going to submit to him, instead of Saul doing that, he responds in anger. This happens all the time. Listen to me. People get convicted of sin, and instead of immediately going, you're right, that's sin, I'm wrong, I confess that, I want to follow Jesus, they get angry and they start pushing back. Have you ever seen this? Have you ever done this? Someone looks at you and says, I got to be honest, that's that's wrong about you what you're doing is wrong i'm not wrong you're wrong right? i don't need to stop you need to be quiet are right? people who push back get angry get upset get mad at the church get mad at the pastor get mad at their journey group leader get mad but how dare you say these things they get upset and they push back when conviction starts to well up it's exactly what you see happening here with saul he's starting to get convicted but instead of submitting he lashes out and it's interesting, so as a result of that, this persecution spreads, and people go uh, off, right? The, the apostles stay there in Jerusalem. So remember, in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus said, You're going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. They filled up Jerusalem with the gospel. The apostles are staying. And now the rest of people, the normal people, the non-apostles, the non-missionaries, are now scattering out to Samaria and, and, and Judea. And they're taking the gospel with them. That's what verse 4 says. Those who were scattered, the normal people, went about preaching the word. What I want you to understand, brothers and sisters, is there is no gap between being a follower of Jesus and being a part of seeing the Great Commission go out in Jesus' name. If you are called to be a follower of Jesus, then you are called to be a part of the Great Commission. If you are called to be a follower of Jesus, then you are called to proclaim the gospel everywhere you go. That's exactly what we see happening here, and it is going to be amazing. In Acts chapter 8, we're going to see, again, a normal guy doing extraordinary things for the glory of God. So how does this look? What's this? What's some of the flesh and bone that we put on this? So so jump back down into verse 5 now, and what we're going to see is this. What Philip did is what we're called to do. We are to bring joy to our communities by serving people and proclaiming Christ. We're to bring joy where we live by proclaiming Jesus and serving people in the name of Jesus. Look at verse 5. Philip went down to the city of Samaria and proclaimed to them the Christ. So he's preaching Jesus to them. And the crowds with one accord paid attention to what was being said by Philip when they heard him and saw the signs that he did. For unclean spirits, crying out with a loud voice, came out of many who had them, and many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. Look at verse 8. So there was much joy in that city. Man, I love verse 8. Underline that, whatever you got, pencil, pen, mascara, Crayola, crayon, whatever you have. Verse 8's money verse. That's a big one. Philip's one of the original seven servants we see in Acts chapter 6. When this persecution comes, he leaves like everyone else. He goes to Samaria. He's preaching Jesus. He's loving people. We see him, uh, what it says there is that... People um, had demons cast out of them, and they were physically healed. They were experiencing spiritual healing and deliverance and physical healing and deliverance. What he was doing was proclaiming Jesus and caring for their needs. It's exactly what Compassion International does, proclaiming Jesus and taking care of a physical need. This is what Philip's doing. And as a result, what happens, verse 8, there was much joy in that city. Here's the prayer. You ready? Ready? The prayer is this, Southview Baptist Church proclaims Jesus Christ and loves this city to such a degree that there is more joy in this city because we exist here. That's the plan. The goal of Christianity is not that you pray a prayer, ask Jesus into your heart, and then you sit in a pew for the rest of your life. The point is, you are changed by Jesus, and then you seek to see joy come to everywhere that you exist. The question is this. So if you, where you work, you have like end of the year reviews and performance reviews and that sort of thing. So a church performance review question for us is going to be this. At the end of 2021, can we say that there's more joy in this city because we exist here? this city has more joy because we're here we have loved people and cared for people and proclaimed jesus to people and see people made new and right and whole because of jesus there's more joy here because of what christ has been doing in us question for you can you say that there's more joy in your home more joy in your neighborhood more joy where you work more joy where you go to school because of the way you proclaim Jesus and love people in Jesus' name. This is what Philip did here. He sought to proclaim Jesus and physically love people in a way that brought immense, overwhelming joy to this city. So think about Cumberland County. There are between 300 and 350,000 people. That live in Cumberland County, so we'll call it three hundred thousand because that's on the conservative end. Three hundred thousand people that live into this county. Best estimates say that less than twenty percent of them are believers in Christ and regularly attend church. So what you're looking at is this: about a quarter of a million people live here in our community and don't know Jesus. This, brothers and sisters, is the mission field. This is exactly what Philip did. He sought to live his life in such a way to where joy filled the place that God sent him. Uh, So I've got this for you. I've got this up in my office. My plan is I'm actually going to get a massive print replica and and, print. paste it on the back wall of the sanctuary so that when you come in here you know the point of all of this is not to implode on us in this room but for us to be filled up with the joy of jesus christ and take that out so this is cumberland county and this is a pen for everywhere a member of our of our church lives what i want you to see is this we are not just a place where you come in here and gather. We talked about this at the beginning of the book of Acts. All right, The word church comes from a German word, kirk, which literally means a place you attend for sacred, for sacred ceremonies. That word church is never used in your Bible. What is used is the Greek word ekklesia, which means a sent out group of people. A group that is gathered for a reason and sent out for a mission. What I want you to understand, brothers and sisters, is this. This is the mission. How do we see more joy reach all of this area? We see that happen by each of these pen places seeking to see more joy come to their street. We can't do it like this. We need you excited and filled up personally with the joy of Jesus so that you now express that joy out. This is why we quite honestly axed the fall festival. We had thousands of people coming for fall festivals every year. We weren't getting a lot of return on investment. Big crowds, a lot of fun, not a huge return on investment. So we switched gears. And said, well, instead of, so you can't see, but right here is Southview Baptist Church. Instead of trying to get everybody to come here for a day, what if instead on Halloween we just said, what if every pen here decided to do their own personal one, and we funded you, we resourced you, we gave you the candy, we gave you the hot dogs, we gave you everything that you needed. Instead of trying to get everybody to come here, thousands of people are going to go to all of these houses. Why don't you just stay where you already live and love those people on your street? And in doing this, what's happening? Well, the goal is this, that we are going to eventually see the joy of Jesus Christ take over this city. We see it in our own neighborhood. It's so awesome doing things like that. So we do that, and we get to meet people, and people come up to us at Halloween. It's like, man, you guys must love Halloween. Like, no, we just love people. Would you like a hot dog? Want to know about Jesus? Something else that we do, Marie and I, is we, we, we had to stop it because of COVID, and we got to crank that back up. But once a month, we opened up our home for anybody in our neighborhood that wanted to come for a free dinner, and we just did a little Bible study. Right? No pressure, nothing like that. We're not going to pass out any Kool-Aid for you to drink. We just want to love you and encourage you and tell you a little bit about Jesus. Man, it was so amazing to have families we had never met in our life just show up because we just opened up our house. And we're not the only one. We have other people in our church who are doing that in their own neighborhoods. What's the point of that? What are we doing? We're seeking to see joy come to this city. It isn't going to happen. Listen to me very carefully. If this is the goal, to see joy, much joy reach this city. It's not going to happen by us doing a good Sunday morning and cramming as many people as possible in this room. It will happen by each of us leaving this room and owning our pen place. Owning where you live, where you go to school, where you work, and seeking to see much joy come there. I'll give you one quick resource to help start you. A website, www.blesseveryhome.com. Blesseveryhome.com. I found this website. You go to it, insert your address, and, and every morning it will email you a list of your neighbor's names and a prayer prompt. And you can start systematically praying through your neighborhood. Beginning to slowly love your neighborhood, love where you live, love your street to see the joy happen there. But it's interesting. What you see as Philip is doing this, joy is reaching this city. But we immediately dovetails into an interesting story that I think is important and we don't want to miss. So we get that in verse 9. And what we're going to see in verse 9 is this. As we seek to serve and proclaim the gospel, not everyone who says they believe actually does. Not everyone who says they're a Christian actually is. So we're going to meet another guy named Simon the Magician. Verse 9. But there was a man named Simon who had previously practiced magic in the city and amazed the people of Samaria, saying that he himself was somebody great. I love that. Who was saying that he was great? He himself, right? I love that. It's like, I don't know if you know it or not, I'm a big deal. Verse 10. They all paid attention to him from the least to the greatest, saying This man is the power of God that is called great because he calls himself great. And verse 11, they paid attention to him because for a long time he had amazed them with his magic. So this magic was probably sleight of hand, mixed with a little superstition, and probably mixed with some demonic empowerment as well, uh, allowing him to do some supernatural feats. Verse 12, but when they believed Philip... As he preached good news about the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Even, verse 13, Simon himself believed after being baptized. He continued with Philip. And seeing signs and great miracles performed, he was amazed. Now, when the apostles at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent to them Peter and John, who came down and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For he had not fallen on any of them, but they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. Okay, real quick, super quick theology lesson, all right? So, today... When you believe in Jesus Christ for salvation, you immediately receive the Holy Spirit. What's happening in Acts is something unique, okay? As new people groups are coming to faith in Jesus, it's not happening that way. The apostles are having to come in, pray over them, then the Spirit follows, all right? This is not teaching some kind of second blessing, Holy Spirit giving, or anything like that. What's happening is this. As these new people groups are coming in... God is designing it this way for the apostles to come in and pray over them first because it does two things. One, it shows to the rest of the church, the Jewish church, that these new people groups are legitimately Christians, right? So they needed help because Jewish people for centuries sectioned themselves off as the true people of God. They needed proof that these people were a part indeed of the Christian church now. And then also it placed those new Christians under the authority of the apostles, And so this happened all throughout the book of Acts. It's not happening still today. As a believer in Christ, when you get saved, you immediately receive the Holy Spirit. It's a different thing happening here. Verse 18. Now, when Simon saw that the Spirit was given through the laying on of the apostles' hands, he offered them money, saying, Give me this power also, so that anyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. So what Simon's doing is kind of leaning into what he's always done. Magicians during this time would um, pay money to one another to get their secrets, right? i pay you money, you tell me how you do that trick. You pay uh, me money, I'll tell you how to do my trick. And so that's kind of what he's doing with Peter. Like, whoa, that's an amazing trick! I'm going to give you some money, you tell me how you do that. And here's how Peter responded, verse 20. But Peter said to him, May your silver perish with you because you thought you could obtain the gift of God with money. You have neither parts nor lot in this matter, for your heart is not right before God. Repent, therefore, of this wickedness of yours and pray to the Lord that, if possible, the intent of your heart may be forgiven you. For you see that you are, for I see that you are in the gall of bitterness and in the bond of iniquity. And Simon answered, Pray for me to the Lord that nothing of what you have said may come upon me. Now, when they had testified and spoken the word of the Lord, they returned to Jerusalem, preaching the gospel to many villages of the Samaritans. So, Simon hears the gospel, appears to receive. However, when he sees the giving of the Holy Spirit happening to the laying on of hands, he asks for the ability to have that through money. And Peter says, what we see here, no, in essence, and uh, you better get on your face before God or bad things are going to happen. So here's the question that, that plagues us. Was Simon a Christian or not? Was he really a Christian and did a really dumb thing, and so Peter had to rebuke him, or was he not a Christian? And and I believe the answer is that Simon was not a believer in Christ. And and I think that because if you would go back to Acts chapter 5, Ananias and Sapphira, when they lied about how much money they had and the Spirit of God killed them, Peter tells them, you have lied not to man but to the Spirit. He's implying that the Spirit of God is inside of them, speaking to them, and they rejected him and lied to him to go through with what they wanted. That's not what he tells Simon the magician here. What he tells Simon the magician is instead What? Verse 21, you have neither part nor lot in this matter, for your heart is not right before God. What he's saying is he has no part at all in what God's doing here because his heart is wicked and has not been changed. Here's the big idea, and it's extremely important for us to get this, all right? Non-Christians can look a lot like Christians for a little while. Simon the magician, listen very carefully. Simon the Magician prayed the sinner's prayer. Simon the Magician got baptized. Simon the Magician joined the church. Simon the Magician was a part of Peter's Bible study group. But Simon the Magician never truly had his heart changed by Jesus Christ. And what this story is trying to ask is this. Listen to me very carefully. Are you Simon the Magician? Are you someone who's gone through the motions and did the things and said the stuff, but you've never actually had your heart changed? I say this over and over and over and over again. One of the, I've got a friend of mine who pastors a church up in Vermont, and we have this constant debate as to who has the tougher gig. He's right? like, it's so much harder up here. You have no idea. I mean, Atheists outnumber Christians. I get my hair cut by a legit witch, right? It's, it's much harder up here. And I tell him, I don't want to hear it, bro. I preach to people every week who think they're Christians because they don't drink beer and vote Republican. And I'm only joking a little bit. What I need you to understand to me. What the scriptures desire for you to understand, what the Holy Spirit wants to show you today is this. Simply going through the Christian motions doesn't actually make you a Christian. It's just something that you're doing. The Bible is abundantly clear on this. That there will come a day where many will stand before Christ and say, we cast out demons in your name. We prophesied in your name. We perform miracles in your name. They're going to have an amazing resume. And Jesus is going to say to them, depart from me, you workers of iniquity, because I never knew you. And listen, their resume is going to be much better than yours. You're not casting out demons and prophesying the future and performing miracles. You're just sitting here. How much more so is he going to be able to look potentially at people in this room right now and say, depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I never knew you. I mean, you did a couple things, but your heart was never changed. Has your heart been changed? Have you truly trusted in Jesus Christ To take away your sin. You have laid your entire life down before him. You have died to yourself and said, Jesus Christ, you make me new. Everything I have is yours. Has that been you? Don't be Simon the magician. Don't be the man. Don't be the woman. Don't be the teenager. Don't be the child who says the things but never has their heart actually changed. Is that you? It, and I want to encourage you just for a moment to understand how significant this is. If right now you're starting to wrestle with, I don't know if that's me or not, don't let that slip by, okay? You have to make sure that you, that's settled in your heart today. You know how I know you need to make sure that's settled in your heart today? Did you hear the story this week about the young paratrooper who was killed in a training accident on Monday? You know she attended our church on Sunday? She sat in this service. She sat in this service, not knowing that 24 hours later she would go into eternity. Now by everything that we know from talking with her parents, she was a follower of Jesus Christ and we praise the Lord for that. But what about you? I mean, the truth is, we, we literally have no idea what tomorrow holds. And my fear is that we have a room full of Simon the magicians who have done certain things but never actually had their heart changed. Is that you? Have you really been changed by Jesus? And if you have, again, that calls you to something greater now. That calls you to be a part of a greater thing. That calls you to see the joy of Jesus Christ made great in this city. Are you ready for that? So uh, we're actually going to, I'm only about halfway through my sermon, but we're going to go ahead and call it a day. Because we need to camp here for a moment. So I would encourage you, if you can just kind of bow your heads just for a moment. I'm going to ask our band to come up. If I just ask you just to bow your heads just for a moment. And there are two questions that I want to ask, okay? First is this. Are you, are you a Simon the Magician? You know, the Bible talks about the gospel being like a seed planted, and your heart is soil. And it says that some soil receives the gospel, and immediately you receive it with joy. Like it it it, it springs up in you. You're not rejecting it. You're not hard-hearted. You're not some, some atheist. You're not up here trying to think that we're all just telling a bunch of fairy tales and lies. You receive it, but it says... That the cares and desires and loves of this world choke that seed out. And the truth is, you never actually were a Christian. Are you a Simon the Magician who has said the right things, but never really had a heart change? Are you a Simon the magician who said the right things, but the truth is also you really have a heart for this world? And that's ultimately what Simon is is struggling with. His heart is still deeply in love with this world. He's deeply in love with still being considered great. He's deeply in love with still being revered by those around him. He still wants the accolades and friendships and desires and things of this world that has never been rooted out of him. Is the same true for you? Those things been rooted out of you and now you just you're on your face before Jesus and you just want him. If your desire today is to lay your entire self before the Lord and just say, God, you have my all. You have my everything. Take it, it's yours. I don't want to be Simon the Magician. I don't want to say the right things and do the right things, but at the same time have a heart that's in love with this world and not really be a follower of Jesus Christ. Today, I want to encourage you right now. Confess that to Jesus, right where you are. Say, Jesus Christ, I confess that I've been saying the right things and doing the right things, but my heart hasn't really been changed, I don't think. I need you, Jesus. Save me, change me, make me new. Jesus Christ came and died and rose again to save you, to deliver you, to make you new. That's your desire right now, right where you are, just... Just pray to him. Say, Jesus Christ, I know that you died and rose again to make me new. Take away my sin. I lay it all before you. I need you. Save me. Don't wait. We don't know what tomorrow holds. And as a follower of Jesus Christ, are you seeking to see more people experience the joy of Jesus? Are you seeking to see people in your home, in your neighborhood, at work, at school experience more of the joy of Jesus? Because Jesus has been so He has so filled you with His joy. We're going to stand and we're going to sing. I want to ask that if your desire is to truly today be a follower of Jesus Christ I'm going to be down front my wife Maria will be down front we would love to pray with you you can come and talk with us we'd love to do that if your desire is to live out this life of Jesus Christ by seeing joy come to your pen place confess that to the Lord today pre- present that to the Lord today commit that to Him Come and pray right now. Start praying for your community, your neighborhood, your work, your school, your friend circle. That the joy of Jesus may fill them. Jesus, do this in your people today. We need you for this. Do this in us, Lord, for your glory. Call those in this room to salvation. Call those in this room that are believers in Christ to living out that salvation in the world around them, seeing joy come to this city. We need you for this. Lord. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Let's stand, let's sing, and let's pray.
0: Amazing grace, how sweet the sound That saved a rich life
2: sing the chorus together, church, just our voices.
0: Change
1: jesus we thank you we thank you lord that you brought joy to us and our joy is now full i pray god that we can now allow that joy to spill out into this world and that more joy will come to this city because we live here and we're loving you and caring for people in your name and i pray god for the people in this room god that that are maybe still walking down the path of Simon the magician. I pray God that you would draw them to salvation in you, Jesus. Don't let this get shaken from them. I pray, God, that it just becomes just this un- unbreakable calling in their life to true, genuine salvation. Do this in the Lord for your glory. Thank you, Lord. We pray this in your name. All right. Hey, don't forget, after the second service, we have our family meeting lunch. Be a part of that. And as you leave, check out the Compassion International Tables. God bless you guys. Have a great week.